Welcome in to CUSA Insider, the official podcast of Conference USA. I'm your host, Sarah Rudolph, and I have a special guest with me today. Uh, Josh Jonas is back. He is joining us today to talk some CUSA hoops. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, Sarah. Thanks for thanks for having me back. I feel like it's been a while. I was on like the first podcast, so I, I was hungry to to get back on here. Well, we are excited to have you. Um, we have missed you very much, and we are really, really excited though to talk some hoops. I know that uh, conference play has begun officially. We are inching closer and closer to March, um, and so yeah, we're going to talk some women's hoops. We're going to talk some men's hoop and hoops, and then later in the program, we have a special interview for you today. We are going to talk with WKU head men's basketball coach Steve Lutz. So stick around for that one. All right. Oh, and also, how am I forgetting this? I have a funny story I really want to tell you, Josh. Um, so I kind of mentioned this to you before. Before we get into all this hoops talk, I was in Nashville, Tennessee this weekend. No, I did not catch any Middle Tennessee basketball. I've been asked that question already. I'm sorry, MTSU, my friends. Um, I was there for a baby shower. So I took an 8.45 p.m. flight out of Dallas-Fort Worth uh, on Friday last week. And I get on the plane. I got a complimentary upgrade. Thanks, American Airlines. And so I was in an extra legroom seat. Um, and I sit down next to this guy. And I'm in the middle next to this bigger guy. And we get to talking. And turns out he is on his way to WKU uh, for an official visit to meet with uh, Coach Helton to see if he can fill any holes for the football program there. But, like, seriously, like, how much of a coincidence is that you should have seen his face yeah, when I was like oh really I work for it's Conference I USA for, yeah. <laughs> and so we talked the whole two-hour flight um but I just I felt like I had to tell somebody that and I thought maybe some of our listeners would find that interesting um I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he signed or not yet but he is coming out of the transfer portal I'll give you that much information but um there's some people probably listening right now that could really do um some snooping so I'm not even gonna tell you what position he plays or where he came from but uh, that was that's my fun fact over the weekend. Maybe the, yeah. the extra leg room is a hint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe the extra leg room would be a good hint. Although, I mean, if you're a football player these days and you're under six feet tall, generally you don't get much play time. But hey, we've had some short running backs in the league. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's yeah, not like, don't, really yeah, great. The, the skill position guys, they can they can be a little smaller sometimes, but pack a punch. Listen, I don't have I don't have any room to talk. I'm not tall. So I'm sorry. I don't know why I I'm six foot, six foot tall. You could be you could be shorter than that and play some good ball. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make that generalization. Okay. I just had to get that out of the way. I had to tell somebody. Uh so Josh, let's talk um hoops. I'm gonna start out talking some women's hoops. Our friend um Eric Jones, our assistant director of communications, gave me some insight into how our women's programs are doing right now. So we've got three teams starting league play undefeated, which is different than on the men's side, as you will allude to, I'm sure, here shortly. Um, but yeah, we've got Middle Tennessee. 2-0 in conference play, still kind of sitting at the top of our league right now. FIU, a big surprise, I think, um, for us, definitely 3-0 in league play. Um, and that includes road wins at UTEP and at New Mexico State. Um, and then we've got WKU, 3-0 as well. Yeah, you've got your your main culprits there that are undefeated right now. Um, and uh, like you said, a surprise team in FIU right now, stringing together some really big wins. But, um, you know, got to give a shout out to uh, Jessica Burks-Wiley and what she's doing down there in South Beach. 
I'm a big fan of hers personally. She's a nice, she's just a nice lady. I don't know how else to say it. And so I'm very excited for them. Um, but yeah, Middle Tennessee, as I mentioned, 12 and four on the season, two and oh in conference play. Um, they had a uh, national player of the week as well as a conference USA player of the week uh, this week in um, Anastasia Boldureva. I'm not going to do that. Anastasia Boldureva. Uh, that name, gosh, trips me up every time. Um, so it's she had fun. a career day. 32 points, 12 boards, four blocks. Um, she's sixth in the nation in blocks with 50, by the way. So she is obviously an outstanding player for them. And then Savannah Wheeler also just moving up the ranks in CUSA all-time leading scoring list. Um, she is now in the top 10. And for those of you listening, you may remember Savannah Wheeler not only has been at Middle Tennessee for the past two years, but she was at Marshall before that. So she is just making her way up um, that that leaderboard. Um, so that's been really great. And then WKU coming out hot right now. They've got they've won four straight. Um, so Acacia Hayes on that team, probably their front runner. And uh, she is averaging 16.7 points per game right now, which leads Conference USA. So we've got some exciting women's hoops, um, I think that we were a little unsure how things were going midway through the season. Um, there were some tough losses. We weren't really sure uh, how things were going to um, play themselves out. But right now, I mean, three teams undefeated in league play. All three of those teams are 12 win teams right now. So uh, yeah, it's been an exciting time in Conference USA uh, women's basketball and men's just as exciting, but also a little crazy. So why don't you talk to us about that? Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the fun part about being in January is you you put non-conference play behind you. Um, yeah, you you really don't know what to expect from some teams that, you know, maybe they played a really tough non-conference or maybe they played a really easy non-conference. And so this is our time to kind of do our litmus test on some of these teams. And, um, you know, you try not to overreact to some of the ones that are 2-0, 3-0 out, out the gates, but, um, you know, that's obviously a lot better than starting 0-3. So when you get out to that hot start, um, when you start to think about tournament seeding uh, later in February and into early March, um, you know, these are the the teams that we have to start keeping an eye on. So, um, yeah, I mean, the men's has been really interesting. I think, uh, you know, you think back to, uh, you know, we did that episode early in the season with Sean Paul. Um, from the field of 68 and some of the teams we were talking about then, you know, Liberty started undefeated, UTEP started undefeated and, um, you know, some things change and uh, some teams kind of settle uh, and, and balance out from those opening weeks of the season. But um, Sam Houston, uh, you know, wasn't really a team that, you know, they were picked in the middle of the, the preseason poll. Um, and, you know, we knew they had a really good coach, uh, in Chris Mudge, who was taking over that program after Jason Hooten, uh, left to go to New Mexico state. And, uh, you know, there was just a lot of unknown, um, and, but, you know, they're certainly making themselves known now. Uh, they played a really challenging non-conference schedule. Uh, I think they had five or six power five teams on their schedule. So, um, you know, they had a chance to get a couple big wins there in, in November and December, but now they're really winning the games that matter. And, uh, I think a big proponent of that has been Lamar Wilkerson, who uh, is averaging 24 points a game in their three conference victories. So, um, you know, and they've come against, you know, they beat WKU, um, who was, uh, has been also been a very impressive team, uh, in, in the opening couple months of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, Sam Houston, very impressive, uh, WKU, 
won 11 games in non-conference play off to a two and one start in, uh, in conference play now, um, you know, another new coach in Steve Lutz, who's, you know, really pieced together a, a great, uh, roster and that's playing some really great balanced team basketball right now. Um, and then you've got La Tech, uh, also sitting at two and one, got a big win over Liberty on Sunday on ESPN two. Uh, you missed a great one if, if you didn't watch that one, but, uh, you can catch the, the highlights on our, on our Twitter account. If you missed it, um, probably one of the top front court duos in, uh, you know, maybe in the nation, uh, between Daniel Bacho and Isaiah Crawford. So, uh, just getting it done everywhere on the court right now for them, um, in their second year head coach, Talvin Hester. So, you know, I think kind of the common theme there has been, um, you know, new coaches at all three of those schools, um, two first year coaches and a second year coach in Talvin Hester. So, um, to see teams that have, uh, you know, first or second year coaches having that level of success has, has been really impressive. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see what the rest of conference season brings. And, you know, I could sit here and go for another, you know, 30, 45 minutes on, on the rest of the teams. Cause I really do think that on any given day, uh, anybody can be anybody. Um, you know, unfortunately we've got Liberty who is the co preseason favorite sitting at three, uh, Oh, and three in the conference standings. So, um, you certainly don't, you know, we will not write a team like that off. Um, I think despite their early struggles, uh, you got to imagine that with, uh, who they were able to beat in non-conference play that they'll get it turned around. Um, especially with the veteran coach like Richie McKay, uh, I think he'll, he'll be able to really get those guys going again, but, um, you know, our, David Saltzman, who was on our ESPN two game over the weekend, had tweeted something about it. He was like, I'm putting in the call now that Conference USA is going to be one of the wildest conference tournaments. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, yep. I think just based on what we've seen so far, you really don't know um, what's going to happen. Nope. Um, so I, I'm excited for uh, for some Rocket City hoops. Yeah, I'm excited for it, too. I'm really glad you mentioned the tournament. Um, I do want to tell everyone we have tickets on sale. Uh, so if you want to be in Huntsville for the Conference USA basketball tournament, March the 12th through the 16th, Probst Arena, Huntsville, Alabama, you can check out um, and grab some tickets um, online at our website, conferenceusa.com backslash hoops at the star. Nope, not hoops at the star. Mm, Conference I was USA. Like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Conferenceusa.com backslash rocket city hoops. Or you can go to Huntsville.org, grab some tickets there. And um, fans, if you want to help out your schools, you can actually get um, tickets from their box offices as well. Um, well, thank you guys uh, for tuning in today. We've got a really great interview coming up with uh, Steve Lutz, and you can tune into that right about now. We are very excited about today's guest, new on the scene in Conference USA, but definitely making his mark in year one. Joining us today, we have WKU men's basketball head coach, Steve Lutz. Coach Lutz, we really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for chatting with us. Sure, no problem. Well, Coach, uh, before we jump into talking about this season, I'd love to give our listeners a little insight um, into your coaching history, the programs you've been a part of, and just your winning mentality. So before you even got the opportunity to become a head coach, you were part of some great Creighton and Purdue squads that took you to a combined seven NCAA tournaments, which, by the way, as an Indiana 
graduate here, I'm going to not hold against you for the purposes of this interview. <laughs> um, but then you went on to be the head coach at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and you took the Islanders to back-to-back -back conference championships and back-to-back -back NCAA tournament appearances. And then flip the page, you're here at WKU in year one, a school that has a nationally recognized brand and has proven to be incredibly successful across multiple sports in Conference USA. Um, they lead the league currently in conference championships with 38 since joining the league. So how important was it to you uh, to see that WKU has committed itself to winning when you took the job? And what is your favorite thing so far about being a Hilltopper? Well, I'm going to start with this, Sarah, in case you haven't looked at the uh, the news today. Today is Indiana at Purdue. So I have seen it. Yeah, my daughter's a junior at Purdue, and she works in the athletic department. And uh, so it's a big day for her. She's already texted big me about day. it this morning. Big day. Yeah, big day. <laughs> I, think the, I think the Boilers were 11-point favorites, too, just in case you're wondering. Listen, we have down years sometimes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about WKU. I mean, obviously, um, you know, when, when you – when you look at programs and you evaluate um, athletics programs and basketball programs, you look for sustained excellence. And, you know, you talked about it with regards to WKU. I mean, you know, we lead this league in, in conference championships. So right off the bat, it jumps off the page at you and you say, okay, they must have the infrastructure in place. They must have the leadership in place. So you probably should listen to them, which is was kind of my thought process. Luckily for me, um, I had Jeff Brom, who was a good friend from our days at Purdue when he was the football coach and I was an assistant basketball coach. And he had already coached at WKU. And uh, Jeff called me immediately and said, hey, they're vetting me about you and was able to provide me with a lot of background. And And he was, you know, he was very complimentary of of uh, Todd Stewart, our athletic director, and, and Tim Caboni, you know, our president. So, you know, I was lucky in that regard because you don't always have that. But then, you know, you get here and nothing's ever as good as they say or as bad as they say in life. I mean, let's just be honest. You get here and you're like, oh, wow. I mean, this is very, very nice. Unfortunately, because of the timing of it all, <clears throat> like I interviewed on a, a selection Sunday, 9 a.m. Zoom call with with Todd and and one of the associate ADs um Jim Clark and you know then we leave for the NCAA tournament right after that I never made it to campus before they announced me so like oh, I wow. had no idea what I'm walking into yeah it was crazy I, I don't I don't suggest it for people but I mean because I trusted Jeff and I had a a, a bunch of people that had uh, been or worked at Western tell me how good it is I I took a leap of faith but um, you know, then you get here and you go, oh, wow, this, this place is very nice. And, and you see what they're talking about. So um, I was I was certainly very lucky and blessed in that regard. That is such an interesting story. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, I don't think we get the insider or like the back look of an interview, a coach's interview very often. But uh, knowing that Jeff Braun, you know, kind of was there talking to you along about, you know, talking up Bowling Green. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, coach, sometimes with a new head coach at the helm of a program, um, along with obvious roster turnover, especially in today's, you know, transfer portal era, uh, winning in year one can be a tall task, but you guys are coming out of the gate strong, two and one in conference so far. 
13 and four overall, which included an undefeated stretch in the month of December. So what are, what were your goals for this team coming into the season and what can you attribute uh, your success to so far? Um, well, our goals are always the same. Um, our, our goal is to win Conference USA, to win the Conference USA tournament so that we can go to the NCAA tournament and then obviously win games in the NCAA tournament. So um, that really never changes and, uh, and, and never will change. You know, obviously, depending upon the year, the team or whatever, maybe you have a goal of going to the Sweet 16 or the Final Four, you, you can have, you know, goals beyond that. But you got to get to the tournament to be able to win games. So um, we try to never lose sight of it side of that um and what it can be attributed to is number one i have good players um you know i inherited four good players and then obviously we were able to add you know 10 players on top of that and uh you know it, every coach in the in the country is is going to work really hard he's going to be good at his craft but if you don't have good players, you're going to have a hard time. But even more important than that is I have good people. And uh, those guys have bought into being a team. And like you alluded to earlier, it's hard to it's really hard to get um, a team built in this transfer portal age. Now, it's easy to it's easier to build a roster, but it's harder to build a team. And um, we were pretty selective, I think, in in the recruiting process with most of these guys. And uh, we felt like that we had guys coming from winning programs and guys that were about winning. Um, Cause ultimately at the end of the day, um, if you're not about winning, this is not a, a program for you. And uh, with that being said, I mean, they've, they've, you know, we've had our ups and downs. We went to Canada and we did not play well. We did not play well as a team. And uh, when we got back from Canada, they've kind of bought into uh, sharing the basketball more, playing for one another and uh, have been fantastic since then. Coach, you talk about those inherited players, and I think that's kind of a, a bit of a luxury, uh, as Sarah mentioned, in this transfer transfer portal era. And you know, just kind of tell me how important have those guys been, uh, not only for you um, building a team, but kind of mending together a lot of those new guys you mentioned and in and such an iconic program in WKU to have guys that kind of already know that culture. Yeah. You know what? Um, the, the four guys that stayed, uh, you know, two of them definitely had to stay because at that point the double transfer rule wasn't eliminated. So they were a little bit stuck. Um, but with that being said, all four of them, none of them had had big roles previously here in the year before and I think that um, they were looking for an opportunity. And, and <clears throat> people that know me know that um, I'm certainly going to give every guy an opportunity. I don't, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me if you played it at Purdue or you played at AM Corpus Christi or wherever. If, if you're going to play hard and you're going to play the right way and you're going to do what's best for our program and be able to help us win, you're going to play. And uh, that's never going to change. So, you know, when I walked in, that was kind of my speech to those four um, that were that were still here. Now, with that being said, there was probably four or five more, three or four more that I tried to get to stay and they left. So, you know, obviously I'm not <clears throat> too good of a recruiter, but, um, you know, those those guys have been fantastic. They you know, they can they can help the they help the new guys with. All right, man, this is this is how you go 
you know, get your books or this is the the best cafeteria to eat at, or, Hey, here's where you go to get a haircut and all those things. So it helps in terms of just uh, making it a little more seamless for guys to come in and, and get uh, acclimated to, to the city of Bowling Green and to the university. Um, but you know, they're all good guys and, and, and they fit in well, or everyone has kind of fit in well together, I think, um, you know, the new and the old, so it's worked out well, but coach Stansbury had very good players here. And, uh, and those guys have been integral. I think, uh, you know, right now at this point today, two guys have started, but could, you know, off of the previous roster, they're starting currently, but could it be three? Could it be four? Yeah. I've said it over and over and over. I think that we have a team that has, you know, six, seven, eight, nine starters on it. So, um, you know, I was, I was fortunate, I was fortunate to walk into that situation um, behind coach Stansbury. Yeah. And you, so you talk about those inherited players. Um, I've been with the league for about six years now. um, And just looking at your team, your roster definitely has um, more size overall than some WKU teams I've personally seen in seasons past. Um, And then defensively, you guys are in the top 20 uh, nationally in total rebounds and in three-point defense. So can you give us a little insight into your defensive philosophy with this team and what having uh, that bigger size of a team um, helps you with? Yeah, you know, in in recruiting, I think that you you want to recruit size and speed and athleticism, but that's not always available, especially with, you know, uh, all of the guys in the transfer portal and NIL and all those things. Uh, so we were, we knew that we needed to get, you know, someone inside, obviously we lost the big kid sharp to Ole Miss. And, and so we knew, we knew we needed some size and and we were able to get Rodney and Bob uh, in the uh, backcourt. And then we got BJ really late. Um, but the way I, I look at, uh, you know, our defense and our numbers have been good from a rebounding standpoint, but Early on, our numbers were very good in terms of forcing turnovers and that sort of thing, and they haven't been as good here late. And I think that's helped us to not get stretched out as much and and have people beating us off the bounce as much. Um, but when you do recruit length and athleticism, it allows you to cover up mistakes. And uh, we we've we've been fortunate to be able to do some of those things. The things I've I've been you know probably. Uh, really pleased with here lately is that our, our, especially over the last eight, nine games, our three point percentage D has been very, very good. Um, We've just got to figure out a way to have a balance between forcing turnovers and not getting so stretched out that we're, we're, we're getting beat off the bounce and, and getting into rotations because once you get into rotations on the defensive end, man, you're in trouble. So, um, but nonetheless, back to your, your question of the recruiting, uh, we try to be purposeful with it, but uh, I'd rather recruit better offensive players and teach them to play defense than have great defensive players and have to teach them offense. So um, we try to be mindful of that as well. Coach, when you look at some of the roster makeups around the league, you know, you've got a team like Jack State who has a, you know, a do-it-all guard like Kiki Tandy, uh, you know, LaTeX who's got a an incredible front court duo that's kind of headlining them. You know, with you guys, Don McHenry's leading the way in scoring, but, you know, you look across the score sheet, I mean, everyone's contributing everywhere. You know, you've got, you know, multiple guys with, you know, four or five rebounds a game, uh, you know, a bunch of guys at seven, eight points a game. So where does your kind of roster identity slot in when you look around the league? 
you know, I, I haven't obviously we haven't played everybody yet, so I haven't haven't faced them and haven't had a chance to really watch people um, ahead. You know, like this week, I'm I'm focused on New Mexico State and UTEP. Um, I've already seen Liberty, Sam Houston, and Jack State, so I really haven't seen La Tech play much other than that Sunday afternoon after we got done grading the film. We watched the end of the Liberty game as a staff. We were just sitting in my office, but um, just from our standpoint. Because we uh, we try to play fast, obviously we have the number one or number two tempo in the country right now. Um, you've got to have multiple players and 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 you've got to be able to play, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten guys. And uh, having, you know, an abundance of good players allows you to play that way. So um, when you play that way, then you're probably not going to have, you know, Don McHenry play you know, 35 minutes a game and get 18 shots a game, you know, it's just not going to work out that way because, uh, you know, defensively we're trying to, trying to, you know, force turnovers and get things in transition. But then offensively, we play a lot of motion. Um, we've got to get better at our motion, but we play a lot of motion. And, and when you play motion, everybody touches the basketball a lot. So uh, it's kind of always been my philosophy is to, to play fast, play in transition and, uh, you know, and then play motion offense just because it, it allows you to not <clears throat> be scouted as easily, easily. Well, coach, one more player I want to talk about really quick um, that has had a big impact on your team this year um, is Brandon Newman. So obviously we talked about your time at Purdue. Um, he was a freshman uh, there when you were with the program. And so can you just tell me a little bit about what he uh, in particular brings to this team and um, how nice it was just, you know, have a familiar face uh, on your roster. Well, I mean, you know, obviously I, I coached Brandon for a few years and, and have known him for a long, long time. Um, you know, Brandon's a really, he's an elite shooter, but he's, he's a really good basketball player. And, uh, you know, last Saturday night against Jackson, against Jackson state, he kind of found his groove and uh, he's been up and down but he's never wavered from the process. Like he's always in the gym every single day. He works really, really hard. It, it means something to him, you know, to be a good player. Uh, it's helped him, you know, because I do run some of the things offensively that we did at Purdue. So he knows uh, a little bit of, you know, he, he knew a little bit in advance of, of what we were doing um, as compared to the other guys, but, you know, I, I just, as long as he continues to, uh, you know, play the right way and share the basketball, sometimes Brandon likes to get, uh, he likes to demonstrate that he can do more than just shoot. And, you know, I, I just, I try to tell them all to keep the game simple and and take what they give you. If they give you an open shot, shoot it. If they don't, well, put it down on the floor. And if you can get to the rim and dunk it, great. If not, as soon as somebody stops the ball, pass the basketball. So anyways, long story short, as long as he, continues to stay with it I think he's gonna he's gonna be a good player he was obviously a preseason all-league pick and uh you know at times he's been that every you know for us but then there's been times where you know he's got to get refocused as well and you know I say it over and over I, I do think that we have several guys that have an opportunity to uh to be all league or or be in the hunt to be all league so that's a good thing that that obviously makes uh makes us a better coaching staff by having good players. Coach, we've talked a lot about your team, but just 
what has this transition been like for you? Cause you know, you go from, you know, getting that head job at, at Corpus, um, you know, having the, that quick success there and then turning right around getting this job, you know, you mentioned your family's still down in Corpus. So uh, has the whirlwind kind of stopped at all for you or are you just caught up in, in the X's and O's right now? Yeah, no, it's not stopped. I mean, you know, I, I kind of told you the story of when, uh, you know, how it all evolved um, right after the NCAA tournament and I came straight here and I never left, you know, <laughs> and then so my do- my younger daughter is a high school senior and I gave her the option to uh, uh, to finish her senior year there in Corpus or to come up here and it would have been her third high school. So she chose to stay Um you know, my family's been great about, they've made almost every home game with the exception of two, but my daughter plays high school basketball. And so it's getting a lot harder in January. Um, so I, I haven't been able to see them quite as much, um, since Christmas and that's hard, unbelievably hard. I never, I never, I mean, you, you say, Hey, you can be without your family for a year and all that kind of crap as a coach. It, you, it, it stinks. I mean, it just stinks. Luckily though, I mean, there's good people in Bowling Green and, and, you know, there's several families that, you know, when they cook dinner, they'll say, Hey coach, you want to stop by on the way home and grab some to go, or you want to have dinner with us. And and that really helps. Um, And then um, I've got a good staff and, and we enjoy hanging out with one another. And and one of my assistants, he kind of bit the bullet and uh, he got an apartment right next to mine. And so he knows the nights where maybe, uh, you know, I'm frustrated with the team and he's like, Hey coach, let's go, let's go get a beer. Or he knows the nights where I just need to be left alone. Um, and then there's, you know, there's nights it works out good as well because, you know, he can come over to the apartment and walk 15 steps and, and we can watch film together and we can talk through our offensive game plan and those sorts of things. So everybody's kind of, I don't want to say babysat me at some point, but everybody's kind of helped, um, in that regard, uh, so that I don't lose my mind because it's no fun. It's no fun being, being without my family. Well, we hope they make it back up to Bowling Green to be with you, um, here soon. Um, good luck to your daughter and the rest of her basketball season. Um, that is awesome. So, um, you are headed back to Texas though, at the end of this week, um, you have two big road games this week at UTEP and at New Mexico state, two teams that definitely will bring a lot of fans into their arenas. So it should be a fun atmosphere. How do you get your guys compare or prepared, excuse me, for the cost country trip against two teams that are bound to put on a show in front of their home crowds? Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know that I have the answer for you there because uh, like I told those guys and, and, and obviously, you know, we've averaged the last few games, we've had four or 5,000 at every game. And I, I told the guys, I'm like, Hey fellas, you understand that New Mexico state's number one in the league. UTEP's number two in attendance. We're number three. So you're about to walk into really good atmospheres. You're going to have to, you know, be 10 points better on the road because they're going to have, their fans and they're going to be juiced up and, and they're going to be ready to play. Um, but more importantly than that, you're going to face two really good coaches. I mean, Jason Hooten and Joe Golding are both friends. Um, we're all kind of from the same mold in that we believe in uh, tough, physical, aggressive man-to-man defense and, and uh, fighting you and, you know, rebounding the ball and turning you over and all those sorts of things. So I, I go, you know, you're going to go play two teams back to back in a three-day span that it's like playing yourselves, you know, and, and you know how 
uh, physically tough and challenging that is. So we've got our, we've got our, uh, our work cut out for us moving forward this week, for sure. Coach, just one more question for me, going back to your time at Corpus, you know, you get the chance to play in the NCAA tournament, you know, win a game there last year, uh, you know, play some really great teams. Um, what were some of your biggest takeaways from that opportunity to to be on that stage and and what are you hoping to um kind of take to the WKU program in, in hopes of getting them there? Um, you know, I, I'd say that uh, my biggest takeaway, and and obviously I'd been to the NCAA tournament a lot as an assistant coach because I was around really good players and teams. Um, but when you go there as the head coach, man, it's uh it's even that more cool. That yeah, it's even more cool. I mean, like <laughs> you, you as a player, you dream of playing in it. And then as a coach, you dream of coaching in it and you coaching it as an assistant. But then when you're the head coach and you're like looking around, you're going, hell, this is awesome. Um, it, it's pretty neat. It's, it's very, very humbling as well, though. Um, the thing I would say is, boy, it's hard going in as, you know, into the, into those first four games. Um, because it, it the turnaround is so quick. Um, year one, we did not handle it well. Um, year two, we handled it much better in terms of just practicing before we got on the charter. And once we got to Dayton, uh, we were already done with our practice and our prep for the game. So we were able to uh, enjoy, but also um, just be a part of the experience more. And we didn't do that in year one. So I'd say it's extremely hard when you're, you know, 16 seed it just is uh and and the you know the great thing about conference usa is that you know at, at this point the strength of our league i mean i think we go in whoever goes in goes as a you know a 10 11 12 13 seed whatever that number is right and uh when you go in as those seeds man i don't know the exact numbers but i it, i would have to say that the vegas odds are a lot better for you to be successful in game 1 and if you can win one game in the ncaa tournament i mean it 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 really helps you it, it, you know even though we we uh beat semo and then had to go face the overall number 1 seed in alabama our guys um had already gotten past the uh, the nervousness of being in the NCAA tournament, you know what I mean? And, and Alabama, obviously they got to a big lead on us, but you know, Alabama, they had to, they have to overcome that at the beginning. So getting into that second game and it, it's a big deal. Getting past that first game is a big, big deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, like you said, conference USA is historically known for, for first round NCAA tournament upsets. So um, we will take that. We'll take that 10, 11, 12, 13 seed because we know that we can beat uh, that higher seeded opponent. Um, all right, coach, I've got a fun question for you. I know that you haven't been in Bowling Green for that long, but we always ask our guests on the show, where do you go to eat in your um, school's town? Because if Josh and I are going to Bowling Green, we want to eat at your favorite place. So tell me what your favorite restaurant is. And if I go there, what do I need to get? See, now that that's the tough part because I go all over the place. I, I like little dives and, and those sorts of things. Um, you know, I would tell you two guys, I mean, we, we've we've brought in a, a uh, they just built an embassy suites hotel, which has a Tony's steakhouse. And, and that's like going into 801 chop house in Dallas. I mean, you know, you, you can't go wrong there, but 
you know, Rafferty's, Double Dogs, Montana Grill, those are kind of the medium priced, uh, very good food, very good atmospheres. But I, I end up at, you know, some of the smaller places in town, like a Teresa's Cafe, or there's a little Takieta down the street that has Bria tacos and stuff like that. So I, I, I end up at the little hole in the wall just as much as I do it, uh, at any of the, the those other places. It just depends yeah. on what you want. We have, <clears throat> I think someone told me, and I don't know that this is true, that Bowling Green has the most restaurants per capita in the state of Kentucky, which is crazy. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess a lot of people, especially in the spring and the summer, from all the surrounding uh, counties, because in, in Texas, it's different. Uh, here, you have all these counties, and they come to Warren County for the weekend and shop and eat and dine and all those sorts of things. So on the weekend, our, our population supposedly doubles in the spring and summer. That is a fun fact. I did not know that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, awesome. And again, I've never checked the numbers, but that's what I've been told. <laughs> well, Coach, your, thank your you. roots are in South Texas. So how hard was yeah. it for you to uh, buy into the hype of tacos in Bowling Green, Kentucky? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Beria tacos <laughs> in Bowling different. Green. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's certainly different. It's, you know, um, Mexican food across the country is different. Like we're going to go to Las Cruces and El Paso. And obviously that's Western Mexi Mexican food is different than Tex-Mex down in Corpus. So um, you just find your little niches and spots of what you like. Uh, but, but I mean, queso is queso. If you can find good chips and queso, you're good. Yes. Except Amen. for, you know, they call it cheese dip in Kentucky. Do you actually get like queso up there? Because that's not the same, I feel like. It's not the same, but here it's more white queso. It's the white cheese rather than the uh, old school Velveeta okay. and Rotel yeah. and all that. But it's good. It's good. <laughs> awesome. Well, Coach, um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for our fans out there, you can catch those both of those games against UTEP, against New Mexico State um, on ESPN Plus this weekend. They are both. 9 p.m. Eastern time tip-offs. So stay up, WKU fans, to catch those games. Um, and coach, I do, just because of my history with Indiana, which all the people listening are going to be like, this girl went to Alabama for college, not Indiana. Uh, listeners, I did graduate from Indiana with my master's degree. I was there for two years, okay. Um, and while I was there, by the way, uh, Indiana went undefeated at home men's basketball and women's basketball. It was great. It was a great stretch of years. So I just have to get your score prediction for tonight and I'll give mine. Oh, uh, man, that's a good question. Cause Brandon, uh, Newman and Christian Lander and I were both talking about this yesterday. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, 80, 84 to 70 Purdue. Ooh, oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go 78, 74, Indiana. It'll be a close one. It always is. No matter how good Indiana and Purdue are, it always is close. Um, and we'll see who wins. And the fun part about this is this episode actually airs tomorrow. So everyone listening, we'll see who got closest because when this goes live, the game will actually have already been over. So this will be fun. Okay. Sarah's actually going to re-record with the actual score. So it looks like she picked <laughs> it right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I have that power. <laughs> I won't do that to you. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. coach, we really appreciate your time. Um, good luck to the Hilltoppers the rest of the season. And we will be seeing you in Huntsville in March. Sounds good. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, coach. Thanks. 
Well, that was a super fun interview. Uh, thank you again to Coach Lutz for joining the program. Uh, if you listen to the whole interview, then you will have seen that Coach Lutz was definitely closer on his Indiana Purdue game prediction than I was. So uh, good for you. Good for you, Coach Lutz. Well, guys, uh, thank you again so much for listening. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, go on Spotify, go on Apple, leave us a review, give us a rating. Um, and hey, if you like the program, give us a follow on social media too. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CUSA Insider Pod. And don't forget, we also have um, an email set up for you. If you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, please reach out to us at CUSA Insider at conferenceusa.com. All right, guys, we'll be seeing you same time next week. Have a great afternoon, and you are listening to CUSA Insider, the official podcast of Conference USA. I'm Sarah Rudolph, signing off.